are listening to the Issues on Appeal podcast, focusing on timely and timeless issues of appellate practice and professionalism. Here is your host, Dwayne Dyker. Thanks for joining me for this first episode of 2020. This show is again sponsored by Court Surety Bond Agency, the nation's leading surety agency specializing in supersedious bonds. More about CSBA later in the show. I've had an idea bouncing around in my head for a while. I wanted to take a deep dive into the use of humor in appellate practice. Now, this is a big topic, so I turned to two different guests in order to do this topic justice. First up is professional comedian and New York lawyer Andrea Coleman. Then for some Florida flavor, I drafted well-known appellate specialist and chronic funny man Nick Shanine. My conversation with both and our deep dive into humor for appellate lawyers is coming up next. Andrea, welcome to the Issues on Appeal podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to explore this whole issue of using humor in our jobs as lawyers. And there's a lot of lawyers I could have asked their opinion, but I wanted a professional comedian, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, you are both a comedian and a lawyer and yes. in, in New York City, no less, which is, I think, not an easy place to be either one of those things. No, it's not. It's not easy. So I want to hear a little bit about both. What, what's your law practice like? I am a senior trial attorney for a Fortune 100 company, and this year will be my 13th year working with them. And I've tried approximately 30 trials with them. Um, most of my practice has been in bodily injury claims, and so uh, d- from the standpoint of defending them. But then in the last few years, I've gone on the more of the uh, plaintiff side of going after individuals who damage my client's property and home and vehicle. Um, and so there's a lot of litigation, obviously. It's pretty much just litigation um, in and out of court, lots of depositions. Uh, but then in the last couple of years, it's been mainly like bringing lawsuits, occasional trial appearances, and a lot of negotiation. Oh, uh, that's great. So do you ever get a chance to do any appellate work? No. I mean, the only time we have appellate work is there will be, I think, an appeal of a motion, usually a summary judgment motion that gets appealed. And it'll go to a wing of the appellate division where the it's usually a retired appellate judge will try to get us to settle the case in lieu of hearing the appeal for the motion. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, you know, usually we're not the main. You're not the front line for that kind of stuff. No, I mean, they're not usually trying to get like, for some reason we're not the, we're not the biggest pocket typically. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've had a couple of my own cases go to the appellate division um, and I think I've been largely successful in, um, in our verdicts being upheld. Because I should tell you, I saw one of your taglines on social media was, I love rules, writing, and laughing. And, <laughs> and, and that sounds like an appellate, certainly the rules and writing, that's appellate lawyers all the way. We should, we should draft you over to our side of the <laughs> law practice because that, that's what we do. We do rules and we do writing. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's great. So now how do you fit in a comedy career too? Well, 
luckily my firm is big on work-life balance. And I think for most of the attorneys, that means they, you know, they have a lot of time to spend with their children. Um, but I don't have any kids. So my, I guess my child is comedy. Uh, so it's actually great. I mean, especially when I was doing more trial work, there was just so much sitting around and waiting, waiting for the jury to come back and waiting for even to try to pick a jury. There's just so much downtime. So there's a lot of time to write because um, there's only so many times you can reread your cross-examination questions or how many times you can reread a transcript. You're like, I got it already. Like, I, what else am I going to do? And so there used to be a lot of downtime for me to write. And just in terms of the way my day is scheduled, you know, in New York, the courts close at 4.30. So even if you are on trial, everything kind of shuts down around four o'clock. Um, and if you don't have anything, even if you do have work to do, you're pretty much able to leave the office or at least like um, go home and finish the rest of the work. And maybe that'll take another hour or two of your time, but then you've got all this other open space. So I usually have time and most comedy is happening in the evening. And so I'll go to clubs after work and perform. Um, and I'm in a, I'm in the sketch comedy group. I do sketch comedy. I do stand up comedy. Um, I also write comedic plays and um, shorts and I just do a lot of different kinds of things with comedy. So usually that kind of stuff happens after work in the evening and, and on the weekends. And I'm sure that that's kind of a release for you, right? Doing the performing and doing the comedy must must be a good a good break. Yeah, it's really fun. I've all, I mean, I remember in college even, um, I went to William & Mary for undergrad and I was, I had intended to major in theater, but I just loved government and economics classes so much. I was like, I'd rather talk about government and econ during the day. So I would take those classes and then on the evenings and weekends, I would be in our college's improv comedy group. Um, and I've just always loved that balance of talking about issues, but then also being silly. <laughs> so now as a comedian, I've, I've looked at a bunch of your stuff and I, I haven't seen one of your shows in full yet. And I, I got to fix that next time I'm <laughs> in New York. Hopefully I can work that out. Um, but I noticed that you make a lot of jokes about the law and I've, that's part of the reason why I asked you to be on the show. And mm -hmm. you know, law is usually something that is, serious at best, but, you know, boring at worst. And <laughs> what is it that you think makes law humor funny? I think people really respond to, at least I think is funny, like something that's supposed to be very serious. And then you adding me adding my own perspective to it, because I think it's the juxtaposition of two very different things. We, I think in our culture, law is such a big part of our culture and so many of our movies and TV shows are about dramatic legal situations. And so I think we like this sort of thing. I think we like the law and then often um, it is usually dramatic. So to bring in the humor, um, I think is like, it shakes things up. Um, and you just, you're so, it can be so boring. <laughs> It can be so boring or like, it can be so frustrating. Like when I'm sitting in a deposition and I'm like, oh my gosh, like opposing counsel is asking the same question and 
he's the question is not clear. Like, come on. Like there's just so much humanity in the law. When, when there's so much humanity, there's just so much place to bring in the humor. No, definitely. So for somebody like you, who's so attuned to humor and seeing the humor and and things and seeing the jokes, I mean, how does that spill over into your law practice? In, in different ways. So, um, I tend to take court, like being in court very seriously. Um, I, I usually feel very strongly that my client is correct and is in the right. So I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't find it to be a laughing matter. Uh, so that said, I, I tend to be very serious, but when I'm picking a jury, you know, there's so many, there's so much humanness that can happen. I mean, I, I think even though I feel like I'm a very serious person, I think uh, I'm naturally a funny person or I'm naturally noticing the things that are strange. And um, I think it kind of just from a strategic standpoint to sort of point out to a jury or to acknowledge at least when something weird happens in a room where you're like, this is okay. Like, you know, like people are very funny. So when you're in a room picking a jury and you're asking a potential juror a question, inevitably they will say something funny. Like they'll say something funny or unexpected. And so if I don't acknowledge that or like open myself to that, then it's almost going to seem like I'm strange. Like, why are you acting like it's normal what this person just said? Or like, why are you acting like this person didn't just say something hysterical. Like, um, so it's almost like you've got to be attuned to the room that you're in, or you're already going to lose the jury. Cause the jury is going to be like, this girl doesn't get it. I mean, even if they don't, even if they're not consciously aware that they're thinking you don't get it, they're going to, they're going to feel it like this girl doesn't get it. Yeah, no. And I think juries are a great example because you know, here you have people who have been ripped out of their lives, <laughs> you know, they're out of their element, they're on edge, you know, they're they're in a very foreign place. And I think that being able to make some jokes like that, it relieves some of the tension and allows them to connect with you on a, uh, you know, on a more human level to, mm-hmm. to we're, we're all just people here, right? In this process, we're doing a job, but, but, you know, it allows you to connect with the jury. And that's what it, a trial lawyer can only hope to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then when it comes to talking to a judge, I don't typically, I usually, it's just about reading the room. And in, in this instance, it's reading the judge. And so some judges are more open to humor than others. And I sort of let them take the lead. And occasionally, you know, what will happen is that they will, I don't, I don't know what it is. I feel like sometimes they must sense uh, humor from me. So they'll, they'll say something funny or they'll um, acknowledge the humor in something. And I'm like, okay, like, okay, they want to, they want to be playful. All right. I can let them be playful. Like I'm present for that. I can do that. Um, So when it comes to relating with a judge, I find that it's about letting that judge take the lead. And, um, and if they want to start cracking jokes, whether they're good jokes or not, I'm like, I well, we always them. laugh at a judge's jokes, right? <laughs> right? Exactly. Um, and actually, you know, I had, um, I have a, a law comedy show that I did last year 
and may end up re-upping next, well, this year in 2020, but in 2019. And um, I had a, a New York judge come to my show. I had a couple, but one in particular came to my show. And afterwards, um, she introduced herself and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know that I had a real judge in the audience. And um, and she's become a friend and actually she's performed in my show a couple of times. Oh, um, that's great. So I do find that sometimes judges have like um, have a strong proclivity towards humor and comedy. Yeah, I have seen that too. And, and certainly there are appellate judges who like to use humor in their opinions, you know, and usually mm. if you follow any of these groups on Facebook, if there's anytime there's a funny opinion, it usually makes the rounds, right? Because people are like, <laughs> oh, look at this, you know, so right. there's definitely some pent up uh, humor in, in judges for sure, but <laughs> easy for them, right? Because they're in charge. Exactly. And everybody laughs at their jokes. I, exactly. I had a, a, a friend who was uh, a judge and he said it was amazing how much funnier he got as soon as he took the bench. <laughs> 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 right? That's Nobody laughs hysterical. at your jokes when you're just a lawyer, but when you're when you're a judge, everybody thinks they're hilarious. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Oh, poor guy, oh no. <laughs> well, so what about one of the things as appellate lawyers, we communicate a lot in writing. Um, I know you do a lot of briefing and stuff with the trial courts. How do you feel about humor and written submissions? Because that's tougher, right? Because you're mm-hmm. not getting the immediate feedback of the judge. Do you, what are your thoughts on that? To be, to be honest, I, I definitely steer clear of it. Um, unless it's a judge that I personally know and, um, but that's so rare. It's so rare that I know exactly which judge is going to be hearing a case or hearing my motion. Cause I don't write trial motions. I can't remember. There's a special word for trial motions and I don't usually write those. So, or we don't usually have them. So I, I steer clear of it when it's, before the court. I'm more likely to communicate anger and annoyance in papers than I am to bring in humor. Can, can you, can you think of any examples of, of where uh, you've employed some, some humor in a, in a court proceeding that, that went well? I mean, something, this is not funny. It's dorky, but whatever. Something (laughs) that I say a lot uh, when I'm picking a jury, cause you know, you're not allowed to pick a, you would, ideally none of the jurors would personally know any of the, uh, attorneys. And so sure. something that I say often, which always gets a laugh <laughs> so it was when I I'm giving the instructions, I start off and I say, okay, um, my name is Andrea Coleman. My adversary's name is so-and-so does anybody know us? Like, does anybody recognize us? And then I give a pause because usually the answer is no. And then I say, I'm not saying we're famous or anything. We haven't been on TV. (laughs) I'm just asking because you're not allowed to know. You're not really supposed to know us. And so whenever I say the thing about not saying we're famous, then it always gets a laugh. And I, it's not, I don't know why it just does. So um, I like to say that because I find it to be fun. And then I also always say, you know, we will be seeing you in the hallway and in the elevator, uh, but we're not allowed to talk to you. So please don't think we're being rude or that we don't have any home training. We just, <laughs> if we see you and we speak to you, then it could completely throw the whole case out. So, um, so little <laughs> like nerdy dorky jokes like that are 
kind of like my bread and butter when I'm picking a jury. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think, like I said, I, I think it just makes us all look human when we can, you know, laugh at things, especially, especially in a legal, you know, in legal circumstances, everything is so serious. Uh, a little bit of humor is appreciated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then I had another experience where, um, this was, it was funny, but it wasn't, it was just, again, like acknowledging the awkwardness. Um, we were doing an oral argument and our paper, our company is paperless. And so for me, I'm old school. So I prefer paper. It's easier for me to find things than to like scroll through my iPhone to see the exhibits or whatever. And so the judge was asking me about um, a case that I cited in our papers. And I was like, uh, okay, give me, give me a minute. I was like, you know, your honor, we're paperless. And so it's just going to take me a little bit while to scroll and find where that is. And it got a laugh and then it got so much of a laugh that it was, I feel like a callback happened because another like co-defendant or co-counsel, um, use the same line. He's like, your honor, I'm also paperless. So if you could give me an extra moment to find what I'm looking for, it's just like little dorky things of acknowledging what's happening, yeah. that it's taking a long time to respond to a question and the reason why it's happening. Um, yeah, I do that. Kind yeah. Of thing. But it's weird. And everybody's looking at you. And right. you're, not just, you're not just checking your Twitter account. <laughs> right. Exactly. Absolutely. So if people want to see some of your comedy, where, where can they find you? Well, um, you can certainly go on my website, andreacolemancomedy.com, and there's some videos up there. Also, if you are in the New York area, I'm in a, um, a comedy group at UCB called, called Young Douglas. We have a show every month. Uh, it's the fourth Monday of every month, and those dates and locations are can be found on my website and you can also follow me on Instagram at Andrea Coleman comedy. And I post a lot of fun little Instagram stories. Um, so yeah, you can find me there. All right. Well, we will see if we can get you some more followers. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so kind. Andrea, thanks so much for your time. I've got to come see your show sometime when I'm in New York city and I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Dwayne. It's been really fun. This episode is again sponsored by CSBA, but they've slightly updated their name to reflect their focus on court-related surety bonds. CSBA is now Court Surety Bond Agency, emphasizing the fact that CSBA is the nation's leading surety agency specializing in supersedious bonds. CSBA has recently created a new website that is a great resource for appellate attorneys, includes general information on the nuts and bolts of securing an appellate bond with specific forms of collateral, an interactive map with each state's stay and appeal bond requirements, and a list of surety companies certified for use in federal court. Be sure to check it out and bookmark the site in your favorite browser. If you have a client needing to stay enforcement of a judgment in Florida or any other state or federal court, contact Court Surety Bond Agency. They can be reached at courtsurety.com or toll-free at 877-810-5525. Their contact information is always in the show notes. My thanks to CSBA for being a longtime sponsor of the Issues on Appeal podcast. 
So, Nick Shanine, I'm pressing you into service on the podcast yet again. Thank you so much. A happy volunteer and happy new year to you, sir. Definitely. Happy new year. Look, I wanted to take a little bit of a look at humor and the practice of law and, and specifically humor. in our appellate practice. Humor? No one told me we were talking about humor. <laughs> what? In law? Humor does not go with the law, sir. What are we doing here? Well, you know, it, it's one of these topics where it comes up at a CLE sometimes, right? And people will ask a judge or ask a moderator of a panel, is it okay to use humor in a brief or an oral argument? And the answer always comes back as something like, well, not really, or or maybe if you do it right or you use it sparingly, but but none of that's very helpful, is it? In, in my in my mind, the, the, the answer I've heard the most often is the second one, that uh, it, only if done correctly. Uh, and, and by that, it, it's, it's certainly, uh, you know, if you, if you read any number of federal court uh, opinions, uh, those judges are, are happy to inject uh, humor in their opinions. Uh, I've read opinions that were based on Gilligan's Island, uh, opinions that, uh, that referenced Beavis and Butthead, uh, the, the <laughs> rock, paper, scissors, um, that you get all sorts of things. But of course, federal judges, um, know that A, they kind of got a job for life and, uh, and B, um, they, the likelihood of, uh, whatever order they put that in being successfully appealed is normally minimal. So, uh, so perhaps that's the safety net that they've got built in for that. But, but I think from that we can take that there is a place for humor uh, in any, anything that involves language. Humor is a potential byproduct. So it, in my mind, it is not to be you know, overtly uh, avoided, but uh, the, that, that caveat, it, it, it can only go in if done well or done correctly, is, is clearly an important uh, asterisk. And I think that's the takeaway that we need to take from those seminars where, where judges are asked that question. Um, yeah, I think, so i sort of look at, there's three different things we could talk about, but probably only two of which you and I are most qualified to talk about, right? There's, there's humor in briefing, there's humor at oral argument, and then there's humor in, in judicial opinions. And, you know, we get to read them. We don't get to write them. Correct. So we might, we, we might not be as uh, informed on that topic as to what those people are thinking, right? We can simply <laughs> state that we, we do uh, enjoy seeing a, a properly done uh, opinion that happens to include some humor, so long as it does not happen to be one where we were on the wrong side of that opinion. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it can be biting humor for sure. But well, let's start by talking about briefs because I think um, briefs are interesting because briefs are very, you know, well thought out and edited. So we have time, you know, we'll, we'll talk about oral argument too, which is a little more spontaneous. So it's different, sure. but at least when we're writing a brief, we have all kinds of time in theory to think about using humor and, and how we're going to use it and maybe run it by other people. And, and so how, how do you feel about using humor in your briefs? Well, I, I, you've chosen me for a reason that uh, I am. <laughs> you, you were not picked by accident, Nick. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I, 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 I may have been been uh, known to have uh, thrown thrown some humor in here, there, or or just about anywhere that I can in my my normal daily context, and and so it's it's not a surprise, perhaps, to any of your listeners who know me that I have, in fact, uh, on occasion, uh, found a place for it in in my appellate briefs. 
Um, it is, and, and I think this is perhaps telling that even for me, uh, someone who is uh, more more likely to to look for uh, something humorous on on a daily or perhaps even momentary basis than than your average cat, um, uh, it is it is not an every brief uh, sort of thing for me, or in even every other brief. It's still it's still an occasional uh, thing, but uh, I have uh, employed it as a as a means by which to help to move along the narrative of the brief. Uh, perhaps to uh, get a little more attention to a point um, and to uh, – yeah, because law clerks uh, do a fantastic job of wading through all of our various legal arguments. But if you can do something to help help move their day along a little bit, uh, I, I think that that's a plus if, again, if done correctly. So um, you know, to your earlier point, I think it's important if whenever I do elect to, to use – uh, a humorous point or anecdote or something, I, I make sure that that gets uh, double checked by someone else <laughs> before yeah. before I assume what what is what is funny to one may not be as funny to another. So so getting another pair of eyes on that can can be very important. But uh, especially somebody who's not hip deep in the case, right? Because sometimes we get as advocates we're so knowledgeable about the case and and have our own you know feelings about how the case you know, what's right and what's wrong and whatever in the case. And so judges come to it much more cold than us. So I find this is one of those things where having somebody who's, you know, maybe a lawyer, but not a lawyer deeply involved in your case, or maybe not even a lawyer, look at it and tell you whether it's funny. That, 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 <laughs> that, that, whether it's A, funny and B, appropriate, because, and I think that's the answer of, uh, is it done correctly or done well, is that it must meet both. That if it's okay, it's appropriate, but it wasn't really funny. Um, then, then if it's going to fall flat, that's not doing you any good. And it can be uproarious, but if it's highly insensitive or uh, draws too much attention away from the argument that you're making, uh, then 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 you probably ought not do that one either. So, so I completely concur. Getting a a, a more objective pair of eyes to to review it. Maybe don't even, you know, tell them in advance that, uh, you know, look for this. Just just let them read it and see see what their reaction is. Um, that 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 tends to work for, for me. And I always make sure to do that. I'm, I'm blessed that my law partner is my wife uh, who, who, <laughs> who, who knows me, knows, knows my sense of humor, but is is a fantastic proofreader. Uh, independent of looking for for improper humor, but she is is absolutely not shy to tell me if uh, uh, yeah no that's not going to work. <laughs> I was going to say she probably has a lot of practice telling you don't do that. <laughs> that 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 also might be a daily occurrence. So, <laughs> so yes, that's exactly right. And I guess it goes without saying that any attempts at humor have to be of the most you know, non-offensive, most generic type, right? Because well, you have no idea who your audience is in a brief. I'm going to agree with non-offensive, uh, but I might I might be willing to stray from generic. And uh, I'll go ahead and, and drop drop my, my first anecdote here, uh, which perhaps is my very favorite use of, of humor in an appellate brief, only because it uh, was A, recent, and B, successful. <laughs> uh, my, my, my side won and I obtained, uh, fees for myself in trial counsel in a not insignificant sum. So, um, this is, this is proof that humor can, if 
done correctly work if used sparingly. Um, but, but here in this particular brief, I, I will say I did not actually use it sparingly. It became a motif uh, in this brief. And this brief was an appeal that came to us. And after I read the initial brief, and, and I'd read the, the, the um, opinion below and the uh, saw the notice of appeal and looked at the underlying documents. And I really wasn't sure where the appeal was actually coming from. But I said, well, well, we'll wait. We'll see what the initial brief says, and then we'll address it. And after reading the initial brief, I remained flummoxed as to exactly uh, what the harm was that was being appealed. And us, you know, longstanding practitioners uh, know that you can have a legal issue but if that legal issue did not result in harm to you, you, under most circumstances, cannot appeal that. Uh, it, there has to be some some nature in which this order actually aggrieved your party to give you standing or or really justiciability is the fancy legal term for it, uh, for the issue. So uh, my uh, primary argument on appeal, uh, instead of addressing first the arguments that were raised, became – uh, argument heading issue one, this is an appeal about nothing. And <laughs> <laughs> it's a Seinfeld appeal. <laughs> it, 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 it was, it was exactly a Seinfeld appeal. And so I'm glad, I'm glad I got that reaction from you because of course, when we're talking about generic, there are some people out there for whom Seinfeld, they actually didn't watch those episodes. I, I, I feel sorry for those people, but, but they exist or perhaps they're too young. Uh, and, and so, this became a bi-level brief. It was a brief that if you were not a Seinfeld fan, then you simply would have read that, that this is appeal about nothing and moved along and, and, and considered that as the argument that it says it is. But if you were a Seinfeld fan, you instantly had that reaction and you knew exactly what I was going for. But I did not stop there. Uh, Sub-argument <laughs> A, uh, okay, was well, about the standard of review, but sub-argument B, what is this appeal good for? Absolutely nothing, and it should be denied accordingly. Uh, so Elaine Bennis gets her star turn in there. And, and again, I, I decided I was not stopping there either. Sub-argument C, at no point did the plaintiff double dip on its recovery, uh, and the uh, near miss asserted by the appellant fails to provide a basis for meaningful appeal. So now George Costanza gets to come in with his, with his famous double dip. Um, and, and I couldn't leave Jerry out. So, uh, sub argument D, uh, one cannot base a rule 1.540 motion nor an appeal on spite. <laughs> so if you can't return it, covered jacket, all the bases. I, I did. I, I, I mean, fortunately Seinfeld has a, has a large uh, potpourri of, of opportunity there, but I, I did, I did get, get something for everyone in there. Um, and, and in a way, each one of those things were directly relevant. I didn't force any of them to, uh, in order to fit my, my, uh, my theme that I had running, but I, I definitely hit hard on the concept. This really was an appeal about nothing. And mm -hmm. at oral argument, one of the judges asked me, uh, so what is this appeal about anyway? And <laughs> setting me up for judge, that's, that's exactly the point. This is an appeal about nothing. Um, so, so it, it, it did find its mark. Um, but, uh, that, that is, that is the exception, not the rule to, uh, to take, take something and, and run with it, uh, uh, throughout a brief instead of just a, a brief mention perhaps. So I am curious, did that garner much of a response and a reply? 
Um, the, the, the reply did try to, to say, you know, uh, Apple attempts to belittle the harm by blah, 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 blah. You know, so, so, but, but. They would uh, have said that anyway. Well, they would have, they would have said that anyway. That's exactly right. Even if I'd simply been straightforward in my, there's no justiciable issue here. Uh, see Florida Supreme Court case from 1957. Um, you know, that it, it, it would have still gotten the same response, but, you know, frankly, I was correct. <laughs> <laughs> which which made the reply harder um and uh and perhaps that might be the other thing here that it's just like a federal judge is relatively safe in using humor um you know you you got to look at your your circumstances that if you're the appellee you you might have a, a slightly longer leash uh than an appellant uh depending upon definitely definitely yeah no i think that's a good point the appellee always has a little more more room anyway, sure mm-hmm now, I assume, too, was this in front of your your sort of home DCA in the 5th DCA? Believe it or not, it was it was instead on your home turf. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, uh, But, uh, you know, being an Orlando practitioner, the 2nd is is really almost equidistant from the 5th. It's uh, your backyard, so, yeah. <laughs> so I, 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 I do I do uh, feel pretty comfortable over over in your, your section of the world as well. And I do love the uh, Stetson School of Law. Uh, you know, courthouse uh, that they 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 use there. Uh, not saying that I didn't enjoy the Lakeland uh, courthouse, um, but um, mm. we, we're 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 just fine with the Tampa version. <laughs> uh, second, this is a sore subject, right? Because the yeah. second DCA is the only court without a new courthouse. <laughs> it, it's well, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, just renting space. <laughs> that is that is that is a remarkable sort of thing. I mean, of course, the, the fifth courthouse is uh, uh, not exactly a, a new building either, but it, it is at least its own. Um, so. But I guess my point was you might uh, – where you are filing probably makes a difference, right, what uh, court you're in? I, I, I think that's a well-taken well point, that if I were before a court that I do not have uh, a lot of experience where it's, it's unlikely that the judges might be familiar with me or my, my work, I'd be a lot more trepidatious about um, you know uh, something, especially something of that magnitude, um, yeah. a, a smaller, uh, you know, a single quip. Uh, that that seems appropriate. I might still be willing to to hazard, but you're exactly right. That uh, if it's your first appearance before the you know sixth federal circuit court of appeal, you might decide that's not the time to <laughs> to break out your friends' references or something like that. <laughs> you know, another thing that I tell people that I'm like associates that I'm working with at the firm and stuff is that there's a difference between humor and sarcasm, right? Truth. <laughs> I Truth. mean, we, we all, as lawyers, we tend to be a sarcastic bunch. And uh, I try to explain that, you know, sarcasm isn't necessarily humor. You know, I, sometimes sarcastic comments are funny, but right. it's only funny or entertaining if the reader shares your perspective, right, and sees the sarcasm. Yeah, and and, <laughs> so, and generally, I'm gonna I'm gonna find that sarcasm, you know, it's it it, it is funny, but it's it's funny because of the wound that it inflicts. That's and, right. And, and and while if it's jovial banter between friends, you know, sarcasm can be can be a lot of fun. Briefing, I'm gonna generally think that sarcasm's probably not the way to go. Um, I, I agree. And because I, I think it's like you said, the, the whole nature of it is it's a little bit biting. Right. And that's um, not what we're striving for when we're trying to find an appropriate way to work in something that's that's funny. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you know, and, and, and so 
sometimes the the humor might not even be direct humor. It might be indirect humor that, you know, it's simply that you're referencing something that uh, is, is a bit of field from what you're doing. And, and it's, it, you know, whether or not they find humor uh, there, that could be its own thing that, uh, and the example I'll, I'll bring up there is that uh, I had a, a, now I am back at my fifth DCA. And this appeal involved an instance where there was a personal injury matter and the plaintiff had a, uh, uh, undergone, you know, multi- or, or was awarded uh, damages for future surgeries, future medical care, but awarded no um, pain and suffering uh, that would go with that future medical care. And th- and so part of our argument was that that made no logical sense that you can't have, you know, actual a surgery. And it was a significant sum paid for a surgery and have no pain attendant to the surgery. Uh, and then I, I felt it's appropriate to say, you know, for all, for most mortals, unless they are Dalton, uh, from the movie Roadhouse for whom open quote pain don't hurt, close quote, <laughs> comma, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I, I then properly used the blue book to cite to the movie Roadhouse. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, it's not a, quote, joke per se, but it, it definitely, uh, you know, it, 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 the reaction you just had is the reaction that was looking for that you should laugh. You should think, oh, that's humorous. And, but it should also then make a point that, yeah, normal humans aren't like Patrick Swayze, the, uh, amazing bouncer from Roadhouse. And for them, pain does hurt. And if they're going to be in a surgery, they're going to feel it. And they're, they're not going to be comfortable during before or after. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that would be an, an example of a much briefer uh, sousson of humor uh, that uh, that when we when we segue to oral argument, I'll I'll continue with that story. Uh. <laughs> well, well, let's make that segue. So, when we get to oral argument, things are a little bit different because you and I know as much as we'd like to think we know how oral argument is going to go. Often we don't, right? And we Absolutely. have sort of outlines of what we hope to say and maybe a few, you know, well-planned nuggets of things that we want to be sure to say. But a lot of times it's a conversation and it's meant to be. And, and you know, a good oral argument is a lot of back and forth with the judges. And so... As I've heard it phrased, uh, uh, oral argument is a misnomer. It's a conversation with the court. And absolutely. if that's the case, a conversation is going to go where the conversation goes as led by the court. And a conversation will often involve potentially a, a humorous uh, aside. And, uh, and, and that's exactly right. I think that if you are assiduously defying the flow of the conversation to avoid anything remotely humorous, uh, you're not you're not engaged in a conversation with the court, and you're not uh, probably doing doing yourself any favors in uh, in keeping your mind open to answering their questions as fully as possible. Uh, so I, I'm I, I completely agree. While briefing, you've got to be careful, and you definitely want a second opinion. You know, oral argument. You know, it's it's not comedy hour. It's not, you know, uh, you know, two drink minimum. Let's, 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 uh, you know, roast, <laughs> roast the plaintiff here, but it is, meatloaf. I'm here all week. <laughs> tip your waiters and waitresses, uh, <laughs> that, uh, it, it, it you, you've got to just be conversant. And if part of that conversation involves humor, then, then so be it. Um, I, I had one recent oral argument where 
Um, you know, the first judge had, I was the appellee and the first judge had made, uh, his ruling. Um, and then a second judge later, uh, made a similar ruling. So I go and, you know, because the court was like, well, how did that judge, you know, well, why would you think that judge was correct? And I said, well, because uh, not only because of the law that we had already cited, but, uh, the second successor judge also agreed that this was the same answer and, and to which the judge, and this is your cue when the judge becomes humorous, then you're likely going to be okay to follow suit. So the judge then, then, then quips, Oh, well, if two judges say it, then it's got to be right. And, and, and to which I responded, well, perhaps it didn't meet the four out of five dentist standard to hit, hit the dentine uh, level of, of success. But yes, <laughs> uh, two out of two judges was sufficient for me, your honors, to, uh, to argue what we've argued here. Um, and, and the judge that decided that judge, you know, I'm not going to say lost it, but, <laughs> but, but clearly, uh, clearly gave me a, a knowing smile. And, uh, and, uh, that, 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 that conversation went well. Um, so, you know, oral argument is, is an opportunity to talk about things. And if that, those things happen to involve something kind of funny, then that's, that's okay. Well, and that's the beauty of having a conversation, right, is you get immediate feedback from any any attempts at humor. You're going to get some immediate feedback from the panel and and you know whether you've you've gone too far or, oh, yeah. you know, whether you should stop. That that Well, at least if you're perceptive and, and that's, you know, of course, one of the reasons why I always believe it's good counsel to get a, a seasoned appellate counsel to do these things because you and I have both been on oral arguments where there's been say a, a trial counsel with uh, very few appeals uh, on the other side and, and they might not pick up on the uh, nuance of uh, whether the judge is good with what they're saying or not so good with what they're saying. And, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that, that can get interesting quickly if it's, if it's going the wrong direction, but yes, assuming that, that you can properly pick up those signals, then that's, that's exactly what, what the oral argument is supposed to be. And I would say as a cautionary note that, you know, that what's interesting too is oral argument feels more informal because you're, you know, you're in a, you're in a room with sometimes just a couple people. I mean, usually there's not a lot of people hanging around to watch oral arguments. So you're in a small room and it feels more intimate and it feels more conversational and whatever. But you also can't forget that it's also being video recorded, <laughs> streamed across the world on the internet. And so it's not quite as informal as it feels sometimes. In most courts, yes, that is absolutely correct. And, uh, and, the, the, you know, and they always happen to get my best angle, you know, with the, uh, oh, bald spot on the right back now. of my head just <laughs> shining away. But, uh, yeah, thank you guys. But, um, <laughs> but it, the it's, camera angles are not designed to make us look good. No, right? <laughs> no, it's, 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 Form over function there, uh, or no, the reverse of that. Function over form. It's uh, they're 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 not going for the Cecil B. DeMille close up. Uh, it it is what it is. But um, so, but uh, but speaking of feedback, since you brought that up, I'll I'll now tie the knot on my second of the anecdotes. The uh, the pain yeah. don't hurt. So I put that in the briefing, and uh, and the one and only uh, Judge Cohen uh, happened to be on my panel, and he is. Uh, Amongst the judges that uh, are, are active on uh, at least on the fifth, but but you know perhaps elsewhere, uh, one of the most likely candidates to uh, bring up something humorous in oral argument. 
um, that, uh, and, and that's one of the reasons I, I, I think he's just a fantastic judge. I mean, you don't have to be funny to be a fantastic judge, but it, it, it works for him. So anyhow, he, he made sure to come back to my roadhouse example, um, and, uh, and asked me to compare, uh, you know, Dalton to our plaintiff in this case, and, and then asked me if I happen to know Dalton's first name. Um, to which I had to, had to admit in candor, even though I, I do pride myself as a trivia guy and, and sometimes even a maven, uh, that I did not, that, uh, Patrick Swayze's character in Roadhouse uh, is constantly called only by his, his, uh, surname of Dalton and, and not his first name. So, uh, he, he had me stumped and he enjoyed that, uh, <laughs> before he let me know that John, John was the correct answer to the, uh, to the judicial trivia question. Um, so clearly you picked the right movie. I, I, I did. I did. Well, so Nick, I think it's, I don't know if we can boil this down to any particular rules or not. I mean, I think that the, what we had, what we started out with is it's gotta be done, done right. And it's gotta be done sparingly. I mean, that, that kind of is the advice. It's that just isn't very nuanced. So I'm glad that we could sort of explore some of what that means. That, those, those are the, the contours, but that, that when you boil it down, uh, I think that what we started with and what we end with happened to match, uh, use, use it sparingly, uh, but don't, don't avoid it entirely. Uh, it's got to be natural and fit. And so if it's done well, and then of course, for the briefing, get a second opinion. Um, do do these things in YouTube might not be on the, at the Apollo, but you can be a success with your appellate ventures. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, Nick, thanks a lot. I really appreciate your insight on this and, uh, I'll have to read the Seinfeld brief sometime. Yes, I will. I will. I will be sure to share it with you. And, uh, again, thanks for having me on a three time guest. Uh, I think when I go get to five, I get a special jacket there. At least that's the Saturday night live rule. So (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Nick. You're welcome, Dwayne. Have a great one. Thanks to both my guests, professional lawyer comedian Andrea Coleman and my friend and hobbyist comedian Nick Shanine. Remember, podcasts are never legal advice. Nothing that I say or my guests say should ever be interpreted as legal advice for any particular situation. That being said, if you're a lawyer who needs the help of an appellate lawyer, I'm happy to try and help. You can contact me at Issues on Appeal on Twitter or at my professional email, ddaiker at shoemaker.com. My contact information is always in the show notes, available on your podcast player or on our website, issuesonappeal.com. And please consider using our sponsor, Court Surety Bond Agency, for your clients' appellate bond needs. Their contact information is also in the show notes. Please take a moment now, add it to your contacts, so that you're ready when your client needs a supersedious bond. With any luck, I should be back on a bi-weekly schedule, and I've got some great shows already in the works. I hope you'll keep listening. Thank you for considering this week's Issues on Appeal.